It's a beautiful spring Saturday. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, the neighbours mowing the lawn, and people are outside enjoying the sunshine. It seems like a perfect day to be alive, right? Except for the shift worker who's just come off a week's worth of night shift and is trying to sleep right now. Their favourite time is when they're at home during the week, spending quality time with their family while everyone else is at work. Or when they're enjoying the quiet of a country town main street at 3am, driving home with not another soul in sight. While there's plenty of positives to working shift, it can be lonely, exhausting and isolating for the people who are keeping society moving while the rest of the world sits still. And it can have some pretty scary effects, both physically and mentally. So how do we look after people when they're not a part of the Monday to Friday 9 to 5 life? Welcome to Make the Shift, the podcast from Working Well in Wellington that helps regional shift workers and their employers work better beyond the 9 to 5. This podcast series forms part of the Working Well in Wellington Toolkit, a resource designed to help organisations and shift workers in Wellington Shire stay mentally healthy. In this series, we're going to be looking at why mental health is important and some strategies that employers and shift workers can use to improve mental health in their workplaces, no matter what industry they're in. In the coming episodes, we'll look at the potential problems that shift workers may encounter that affect their mental health. We'll look at what both employers and employees can do to improve mental health in their workplaces, and we'll take a deeper dive into some of the most important factors that can help keep your mind healthy at work. How you sleep, what you eat, your exercise, your social life, and your relationship with your family. We'll also take a look at FIFO and DIDO workers, and how their unique situation affects their mental health too. But first, let's take a look at why this program's so important. My name is Helen McAdam and I'm the person who conceived the the project Working Well in Wellington. Helen's background is in social work, looking at ways to make people better able to cope with the situations life throws at them. When she was looking to develop a program that really suited the needs of people living in Wellington, she noticed shift work could pose a particular risk to people living in this part of the world. We have a hospital, which most shires have, but we also have uh, a corrections facility. We also have quite a significant workforce that works offshore in the oil and gas industry. So I started thinking, gee, we've got a heck of a lot of shift workers in Wellington Shire. And the more I thought about shift work and what helps our mental well-being in life, the more I thought that, gee, shift work is ripe for trouble. Most of us probably wouldn't be surprised that working shifts is, as Helen says, ripe for trouble. After all, the dangers of shift work for employees' physical health are well established. Humans aren't naturally nocturnal, so there are already a number of issues with body clocks. And we know that working shifts makes you more susceptible to a whole host of physical health problems. But all the studies up until this point have focused on the impacts of shift work on our physical health, and not necessarily on our mental health. Helen wanted to look into that relationship a little bit deeper and explained the reasons why she thought shift work could be hurting our mental well-being. Most human beings need to feel a sense of connection with other people. Most people need to feel a sense of purpose, need to have a sense of control over what they can do. So I thought shift workers really miss out on a lot of that. 
your shifts are controlled for you. And, and often shift workers are frontline workers. They're the ones that do the work that keeps that particular industry ticking over 24-7. So if the widget has to be fixed, it has to be fixed. Linda Hunt, who was working alongside Helen as the project manager for Working Well in Wellington, could see that too. There's always going to be prisoners in a correctional facility. You can't tell them to go home. You can't send your patients home and say, oh, look, we don't have staff. Even Saputo, like with their dairy manufacturing, the, the show must go on. They've got demands dealing with milk. It, they can't let it go sour at the back. Everywhere. It's just that 24-7 society. You can't put it on pause if you can't get the staff. Just an almost lay of pressure, not for, just for the ma- for the management, but for the shift worker as well to address those needs of society. Helen realised that combination of factors could put a huge mental strain on everyone involved in shift work, and it was something that could potentially have huge implications for mental well-being. So the lack of control, the unsociability of the hours, I started to think, yeah, the shift workers really have to think about their lives quite differently. So the program began, based on some previous research that had been published by WorkSafe in 2014. We based the project off developing a mentally healthy workplace literature review, which stated that there's five key protective factors when building a a mentally healthy workplace, which are (laughs) organisational factors, job design, work and life conflict, team and group factors, and individual biopsychosocial factors. Okay, let's take a minute to learn about those five protective factors because they're important for creating any mentally healthy workplace, let alone one that involves shift work. These are five factors that are the big contributors in protecting the mental well-being of an organisation's people. Number one, job design. Not only how well the job is designed to be able to be completed successfully, but also how much say the workers have in designing their workday. Number two, organisational factors. Having organisational structures in place to help to protect people's mental wellbeing. Number three, team and group factors. You need to feel as though you're actually all going in the same direction. Number four, home and work conflict. Where there is a lack or there is reduced conflict between the demands of home and work, your workplace is going to be more mentally healthy. And finally, the toughest one to say, individual biopsychosocial factors. That we are all different. I come to a situation with my mental health history, as we all do. We are going to be triggered by different things because we are different people. So now we know about those five protective factors, it was time to test out how they related to shift work. Linda and I got as immersed in shift work as we possibly could. The first organisation that we started with was Central Gippsland Health. So we could actually go and talk to people during night shift and afternoon shift and talk to them as they were going on shift and going off shift. So we were really able to get really good feedback from what was happening for them at that time at 11 o'clock at night or 2am or whenever it was. And we got some really, really great responses, compiled those, identified the themes, then came back with our themes and ran focus groups to get a little bit more information from the shift workers to then start developing the co-design strategies. Actually walking, walking around the hospital at that hour really helps you to understand that that particular workplace is quite different from what you would normally see in a hospital at two or three in the afternoon. 
We also measured the mental well-being of the workforce. So we, we used a, a Warwick Edinburgh mental well-being test to test the well-being of that particular workforce population. They interviewed people like grad nurse Julie. I'm Julie. I'm a graduate nurse at Central Gippsland Health. I've started this year as a nurse and I'm loving every minute of it. I, I love my job. So shift work is just one of those things that just comes with it. And I don't mind doing it, but I have noticed that, you know, there's more challenges than I probably anticipated finding that work-life balance. As a first-year grad nurse, Julie is just finding her feet in the shift work life. And she says it's got its challenges, especially balancing her life as a single mum of two with the demands of gaining experience as a nurse. Trying to make sure I'm there for them and have a social life and give my work 110% has probably been more challenging than I had expected it to be. Because I, w- I want to be present in all areas and sometimes some things have to give and I get, feel a bit guilty at times, but we all do what we're going to do and I'm really lucky to have a supportive family and supportive kids who are supporting my dream, which is awesome. But despite that, Julie appreciates the variety and flexibility that shift work brings. I think with shift work, you get to work with so many different people. The workloads vary and people you work with vary and it's just different, I guess between each shift, you never know what's coming. You're getting different aspects of the same job, but on different levels, like at night times, you've got less staff. So it's a different workload, I I guess. Look, sometimes I have to miss out on family functions or if the kids have something on at school, potentially have to miss out on that. Like I'm sure most working parents do, but because I'm sort of very sporadic with my work, some days I'll work a couple in a row and it just changes a lot. So I can't really plan anything, if that makes sense. Like it's it's quite up in the air sometimes. But, you know, we, we do what we can and I try to make as much as I can. But sometimes, yeah, I have to miss out. Julie's not alone in that either. Helen noticed that the same answers kept cropping up time and time again from shift workers about what they struggle with. They're very clearly saying that the good parts of shift work are extra money through shift work allowances in those industries that that pay those allowances and some flexibility about not working nine to five does enable them to be able to do some things with kids and partners in different times. However, counterbalance that, the vast majority of the end, we're talking about 80% of of the shift workers right across every organisation that we talked to were saying the effect on their sleep and their social life was profoundly negative. And both Helen and Linda noticed that these issues weren't limited to healthcare either. Rather, they kept appearing across organisations in manufacturing and corrections too. With all four organisations, the first thing when you ask them about shift work is fatigue and the impact on family and social life. They're the most significant ones that people talk about. And if people struggle, that's what they struggle with. That just matches up with a lot of the research that's been done both in Australia and internationally, that the two most disruptive aspects are around sleep and socialisation. We did find that in most organisations, the shift workers' mental wellbeing was a little bit worse than the average population. So that was reinforcing what we were thinking in, in those terms. 
But perhaps the biggest thing they found was about those five protective factors from earlier. We looked at the five key protective factors as equal, but what we found, if you don't have your foundations in place, if you don't have your solid policies and then authentic leadership, you can't expect to change. It's kind of like a hierarchy. Well, we've, we've actually illustrated it as a triangle. The base of the triangle is job design. If you get job design right and you've got people who are coming to work knowing what they have to do, when they have to do it, and they're comfortable and confident about doing it, and they've had some input into how they can be the best they can be in doing that job, and the job is well designed from a mental and ergonomic and all sorts of perspectives, then that's a fantastic base. Then the next part is the organisational factors and the team and group factors and the homework conflict factors. There's no use doing anything there unless you've got job design right. This marks a bit of a shift in the way we need to think about shift work and mental health. Previously, we might have done something to help our employees better cope with difficult conditions at work, like putting workers through resilience training or educating them on sleeping habits. But while these can definitely help, they're not useful unless the job and the organisation are able to support workers to make those healthy choices. Unfortunately for organisations, what Helen and Linda found was that organisations have much more influence on creating mentally healthy people than the other way around. The top three have all got to do with the organisation, not with the individual. There's only one of those factors that actually relates only to the individual. And the one in the middle is the homework conflict where the organisation and the family and the individual meet. And I think far too often we talk about making the individual resilient. But if you think about the five protective factors, it's about making the organisation better for the individual. If you do resilience training without the underpinnings, you can be seen to be asking your shift workers or any workers to put up with a shitty work environment. If you've got poor job demand and job control and you give them resilience training to cope with that, that's not okay. You've got to start looking at your foundations and working through the layers before you can put the cherry on top of the ice cream. Well, it's lucky that one of our participating organisations is in the dairy industry then. This is Scott Rebecca. I'm the Manager for Health Services and Wellbeing at Saputo Dairy Australia. My role predominantly focuses on workers' compensation, injury management and health and wellbeing at a corporate level. So looking at delivering wellbeing initiatives to all our employees as much as possible. Saputo is a global dairy company that has quite a large presence in Wellington Shire thanks to their manufacturing plant in Mafra. They've also got another one just down the road in South Gippsland in Leangatha. They were a big participant in the Working Well in Wellington program because shift work forms a big part of what Saputo does. Shift workers are an integral part of our business. We understand that a number of key issues that shift workers face, whether it be around whether it's sleep and and being able to sleep, nutrition, exercise, and all those things that can be impacted by someone who might be working at night and doing everything opposite to a a general day shift worker. The impact it has on circadian rhythms and all those things can certainly impact a, a so we absolutely, unequivocally, I love the fact that our shift workers do the best they can in trying circumstances and we try to do what we can to look after them as, as much as we can. So what are the benefits to looking after your shift working workforce? Well, 
to answer that question, it's time to bring in an expert. I'm Rachel Palmer. I'm an organisational psychologist and I ended up here kind of by accident. That's right. She's an organisational psychologist and she's completely passionate about good work environments, even if she didn't plan it. I wasn't quite sure what to do at uni. I, I chose something that gave me a day off to be honest, and ended up doing psychology and loved it and particularly loved the organisational aspect. We spend a third of our lives at work. I mean, someone's done the maths and said the average person spends 9,000 hours at work over the course of their lifetime. We're going to be hearing a lot from Rachel over the course of this podcast series. Her area of expertise is mental wellbeing as it relates to work, making sure that people go to work with meaning, purpose and job satisfaction. It's so important for people to have healthy work environments. And I passionately believe a good working environment is is good for us. It's good for our mental health. It's good for our productivity. And, and that's the area I work in. I work with companies and businesses to create environments that uh, support productivity and, and well-being. Because as you can probably guess, healthy and satisfied people also make the best employees too. Good work matters not just to employees, but employers as well. I think it matters on a whole host of different levels. It matters because the work environment makes a difference to the individual. Certainly with mental conditions, sort of diagnosable mental illness is often a genetic component, but the environment still plays such an important role. So organisations can make a difference to the lives of their people. On the other side, I mean, it's good for business. If you've got a mentally healthy workforce, the research is out there. It's been related to engagement, to productivity, to customer satisfaction. It has an impact on the bottom line for businesses. Kudos are the Saputo Promise. One of the key things that they support is that our employers are our greatest asset. A healthy, happy employee is less likely to be absent, is less likely to have presenteeism, is less likely to make mistakes. So if they're happy and healthy, they're going to go that extra mile. They'll look after uh, Saputo because Saputo wants to look after them. That's a sentiment that both Helen and Linda can back up too. It's a lot easier to deal with empowered people in really good situations. That's what we've kind of learned in three years, <laughs> that the organisations that have got the best chance of being a mentally healthy workplace do the really hard work at the bottom of the triangle and that just helps the individual to shine. I think it's so important for workplaces to do this work, to support their their workforce because actually it's just the right thing to do. We all want to go to work and feel valued, feel that we're contributing, we're making a difference and feeling a part of a team. Yeah, someone values your input and what you do every day. And if we don't have that, I can't think of anything worse than to go to a workplace that doesn't support mental wellbeing. That makes for a really sad society. But it is actually really good business practice to look after your staff. I always see your employees, they're the face of, generally your face of your organisation. You wouldn't exist without them. So why not look after them? And if, if they're healthier and happier, it's just going to create for a better culture, for a better time for leadership anyway, to work with people that are passionate about being there and happier and healthier. You're going to get a lot more from your workforce and just have a better, better time. And if we're spending so much time at work, why don't we make that a really pleasurable time as well? How depressing just not, not loving your job. <laughs> but most importantly, 
It makes the biggest difference to the people who keep life ticking over while the rest of the world is asleep. Just to have that understanding that it's not just so black and white in the fact that, you know, you work for us, this is what's required of you. People have lives outside of work and circumstances that they can't control. And there's plenty of factors that, that come into it. And I think to have that support and understanding of people is, is a really good quality to have. Workplaces are different, but yeah, I think that to have that empathy that people have, a whole, whole other world's going on outside of work. And I think that if organisations and employees can help in those areas, they're going to get far more out of their employees in productivity and things because they're if they're happy in their home life and they're happy doing all those things, then that's going to feed into their work life too. So I think it's really important that they're supported in that. They'll reap the benefits of it. So hopefully, now you're on board with the fact that shift work and mental health is really important, whether you're a shift worker yourself or you're employing or managing people that are. The rest of this podcast series is going to help you and your colleagues work better beyond the nine to five. And like we said, the first place we need to start is organisations. There's quite a few things that behind the scenes we know can reduce stress and actually have that flow on effect for making sure that people are feeling safe and comfortable and happy to go to work. So next episode, we're going to look at how to make a workplace mentally healthy. Whether you're an employer or an employee, there's all sorts of things that we can do to change our workplace to make it better for shift workers. We'll look at what a mentally healthy workplace actually looks like and we'll give you some strategies to make your workplace work better for everyone. For more information behind the Working Well in Wellington initiative, check out the bonus episode of this podcast, Behind Working Well in Wellington, where we go into more detail about some of the science and the learnings behind the program. Make the Shift is a podcast produced as part of the Work Well in Wellington Toolkit by Wellington Primary Care Partnership in conjunction with WorkSafe. This podcast was recorded and produced in Gippsland on the traditional lands of the Gunai Kurnai and Bunurong peoples. It was produced by Jetstreamer and voiced by Chris Plumridge. For more episodes, search for Make the Shift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. For more information about the Working Well in Wellington initiative or to download the toolkit, visit maketheshift.org.au.